Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much for joining me here at the Guitar Speak podcast. I get to speak with amazing guitar players, luthiers, gear builders, producers, authors, all sorts of guitar related people. Super fun. And today we are speaking with Adam Miller, one of my favourite Australian guitar players from Newcastle, Australia. Adam's already carved out a career with a bunch of solo albums, tours to America, living in America, sitting in with Les Paul, all sorts of cool stories. We've in fact had Adam on the show a couple of times, so please dig back to those earlier episodes. I'll leave the links in the show notes for some of those wild stories. But today, we are talking about Adam's latest album, Beyond Reason. It has just been released, and it is fantastic. How do you pigeonhole Adam? Well, you probably can't, but some influences that might give you an idea of what he's up to are people like Charlie Hunter, uh, Ariel Poston, Bill Frizzell, put it in a blender with a bunch of other stuff, and Adam has a voice which is uniquely his. All right, let's just jump straight in and talk about Adam's fantastic new album, Beyond Reason. Out now, Adam Miller, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Very Stoked to be here. Yeah, man, stoked to have you. I think we mm. last spoke, it must have been around 2020 when... The dark times. The dark times. Oh, oh when, when I had another album come out, yeah. Yeah. Too. <laughs> well, that was, the good, that was the good times in the dark times. Yeah. Um, so that was Unify? Yeah. And uh, I love that record. That was, I mean, primarily, I guess, a trio record in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite Adam Miller modes. Um, <laughs> but then Beyond Reason, which is your latest album just released, has come out. And it's kind of a trio record, but lots of not trio moments as well. It's, it's a maybe a more expansive kind of record, perhaps. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, we can just go straight into the story of it. Sure. Uh, you know, when uh, I had this idea just to, when Australia was in lockdown again, I'll leave COVID talk as minimal as possible, yeah, sure. but that's when all the music was written. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, we went back into lockdown and I was like, oh, this is really frustrating and I can't do anything again. And yeah. so, But my guys in LA... Um, Joel Gottschalk and Justin Glasgow, who were on Unify as well, yeah, had just sort of come out of lockdown finally, and they could be in a studio together. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, I just, I kind of booked them really early in that, 
and they they both got so insanely busy okay <laughs> that the session didn't actually happen i think till we were out of lockdown okay so but i had this idea of these um i think it was only like three or four songs i was going to get them to do mm-hmm. that were uh more songwritery and songy yeah. than an improvised okay. sort of trio thing so they were things that lent themselves to being multi-tracked rather than tracked live. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And, um, I think I really only did give them four songs originally and we got through those songs so quick uh-huh. that we just kept going, <laughs> yep, yep. uh, with more things. So, uh, that was, that was what happened. And then I got the tracks back and we, you know, I just started getting really busy <laughs> touring and traveling and just playing everywhere again. And, um, yeah, and then the songs evolved and they took a really long time for me to create the things that you hear, yeah, on the record. So sure, I just, I wanted to, uh, a lot of the stuff was, you know, sort of just written in my lounge room and, you know, like sometimes I would just strum things and sing the melodies of it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't really thinking about, how to play it all at once, which is one of my great strengths and great weaknesses at the same time (laughs) that I have this tendency to try and play too much. So, yeah, so I broke down most of the songs into all these little different guitar parts. And so it was just this really fun experiment of just going, yeah, creating these little uh, guitar orchestras on every song pretty much. That's awesome. That's cool. So to step mm. back a little bit, Unify, and I should know because yeah. we spoke in depth about it three years ago, mm. was that tracked, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, that was tracked very much live, even though you came back and redid some guitars and things. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded it live in LA. Yeah, um, and you were then, over uh, there, of course, at the time before you had to yeah, scoot back yeah, home. Yeah, before, before, well, yeah, I just got stuck here actually, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> long story. But, uh, yeah, we tracked it live, and um, I probably said on the last interview, I got a new overdrive pedal just before I yes. went, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. used it on every song, and yeah. I couldn't stand the sound of it when I got <laughs> home. So I had to – I decided to redo it with something I was more familiar with. For sure, for sure. But essentially, it was like a live record, and then you – Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried not to do too many, like, guitar parts and things. There's, you know, there's a couple little textural things, but – there's really just one main part. Yeah. 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 And yeah. as you said, because you know, you came up, um, one of your one of the many strings to your bow is like solo acoustic finger style. Yeah. Every single part. And then when you take that into like a band situation, you can still cover a lot of ground. So Yeah, and it's it's amazing it's to cool do it thing. live. Yeah. But then on recording, sometimes it doesn't quite translate the way sure. you you know kind of quite imagine so this time and usually i've compromised and gone no i'm going to try and make it work so that it sounds the way i play live but this time i really just didn't bother about it that's fun man that's that's yeah. exciting because i guess I, the reason i'm stepping back a little bit and everyone should check out unify because it's such a beautiful soulful Thanks. record um but I guess what I'm I, I, I'm seeing from this, you're saying so beyond reason because Justin and Joel, you know, were in the states, you couldn't mm. be in the same room. Uh, yeah. It did lend itself to more sending parts back and forth, and yeah, exactly, working yeah. that way. That's cool because the album sounds so like such a new space. Um, yeah, which I love. Yeah, loved. the the guys did just a 
a brilliant job of like sort of just pulling my ideas together. And we w- worked on Zoom and audio movers. Okay. And it was really interesting. And <laughs> it was like, yeah. And there was a lot of direction across Zoom as well. So I, I only have like two photos of it, of the whole record of that session okay. <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we took. But essentially they set up, we set up like a triangle in Justin's studio in Los Angeles. In, Los Angeles. So yeah. him and the guys were there together and yeah. they were both facing a laptop screen with my <laughs> head on it. And, awesome. you know, after a couple of hours, I really worked out. So I was getting the audio at a time delay to the video. Yeah. So we were, cause audio movers delivers uh, very high resolution audio across the net, but okay. there is a lag because of that. So zoom was a little bit later Okay. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, so they weren't in sync ever. So the like if they were talking to me, yeah. it wasn't in sync with them, their lips moving. Okay. But I got so used to it that I could work out, oh, okay, they're probably going to see my, this gesture. I need to make what's going to happen, you know, six seconds earlier. Okay. So they get <laughs> the message and we kind of got this really cool communication going and, Sometimes I would just play random things here that they could hear. Yeah. Um, but it was like time lagged and strange and it was fun. It was a really, wow. you know, I was up at like, you know, 1am or 2am each day okay. and then worked through till 8am in their sort of nine to five. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So are you saying you guys are tracking stuff together? Well, so, sort of. We yeah. there's none of, none of my parts were kept. Okay, okay. But you know, sometimes there were certain things like where I would just play random stuff, and you know, it kind of just sounded like real free jazz. It was sort of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and and so they would play off the reaction to these things they would have heard later. Like I'm not entirely sure what they were hearing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think That's I think so Justin. Cool might have recorded what was coming from my end. Yeah. I think I was coming through Zoom, my audio. Okay. I think he did have a Zoom feed wow. back to his Pro Tools system yeah. to capture that. But, yeah, I'd have to go back through the original files and see if we actually have that somewhere. Wow, that's full on. So Yeah, yeah. Not quite the technology to play in real time across international waters just yet. Yeah, but that's cool though. That's great. So there was some, I guess there's some interaction going on. Um, and then what happens? You get you get the tracks back and you start laying down your stuff yeah. for real. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just started to get into it, and um, yeah, and that is the issue with me with not recording something live <laughs> is that then I just spend forever on it, and yeah. that's what I did. I sure. just went nuts and. Um, sort of finding tones and trying to find studios to work in and not quite working out and ended up like, I think all but a couple of little things are recorded literally in my apartment in the room I'm currently doing this interview in, which is tiny, Uh still through amps, mic'd up and things, but like not very loud. Okay. Yeah. 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 But just kind of, and you know, some songs came together really quick. I think I had one song finished within a couple of weeks of um of the first of the drum and bass session and then I've 
pretty sure the last song only got finished in December, which was over a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a process, man. Tell me, um, tell me more about the the songwriting. So you're saying, yeah, you, you're humming, singing melodies over, yeah, chords and things. Uh, I think it sort of came back to the, I don't, I certainly went through a whole nostalgia period the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like I think just you look back at your life and go, oh, remember when I had a life and did <laughs> things and what was I into? And I I really did get into a lot of um the older music I used to love for various re- like whether it was um the you know the guitar side of things yeah. or um a lot of the music I got into in my early 20s was because I was studying sound engineering so much that I would get into albums for the sound of them okay yeah and um especially like uh you know still one of the greatest sounding albums I've ever heard is uh Fiona Apple's when the porn album okay which is just this insane textural and the best drum sounds you've ever heard and um i sort of went back into all those things and was like just listening to lots of singer songwritery stuff mm-hmm. um and it yeah it seriously just influenced the random things i was writing um and so and well to be honest I think there's about 60 new songs that I've written in the last three years. And this is essentially project one of those. Okay. And, wow. it, and the, this was the, the more songy sort of songs. Okay. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The ones sure. that sort of have verse chorus. Yes. Probably could have lyrics. Like probably people will harass me and go, Oh yeah, I could write lyrics to that song. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, that was that was sort of the theme of this whole project, yeah. And that that was why I chose these songs to record with the guys remotely because they didn't require as much of that immediate interaction, like that sort of improvisational interaction yeah, sure. between things. Yep. Yeah. So a bit more conventional structures and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like the solo goes for eight bars, or yep. you know whatever, rather than all the solo goes for twenty minutes. I don't. You know, yeah. So yeah. we cut, yeah. So things kind of developed that way, and um, and then because I was sort of writing these things, what I would do was I would they became the guide tracks for the album, but I'd just do little demos of them and mm-hmm. like you know just strum an acoustic guitar for the whole thing, and then just play a guitar medley uh, melody over the top, yeah, and just. Yeah, and then add other parts, and then that's where this whole idea sort of took off. So, um, you know, the song Aging, for example, still has the original guide track demos things in it. So especially uh, um, I would call it the middle eight of the song, actually, Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of where the solo comes in. Uh, There's two guitar parts, and they're the same, played on the same guitar, but treated totally different ways and uh they're on this mule resonator guitar i uh got a couple of years ago and it's one track is that mule resonator oh and it's a baritone as well so it's tuned i think it was tuned c standard no b standard maybe when i've tracked it i can't remember one of them and it had yeah so i mic'd it up close and that's what everyone thinks it's a banjo, 
when they yeah, hear it, yeah, it right. sounds like yeah, a banjo wonder. going. Yeah. But it's because it's a solid body resonator guitar, it doesn't have so all you can hear is the resonator cone. It does have that banjo okay. quality. Yeah. So that and then on the other side of the mix is then the same guitar plugged in, mic'd up through an amp and uh I'm gonna guess I kind of went the whole Ariel Posen vibe on it and uh-huh. I think I used his signature pedal. Okay. The nice. over the Ariel the broadcast thing and a harmonic tremolo on the yeah, other yeah. side of the mix. But they were in the demo. So the guys were hearing those parts when they played the tracks. Sure. Gotcha. So um there's a there's a few instances of, instances of that where yeah, those original demos actually ma- just made it into the final track because That's cool. they were kind of recorded when I was really inspired in the moment. And okay. I was like, oh, I'm not really going to be able to play those bits any better. Yeah. They're well, better from that time. When you do demos, mm. are you recording? I mean, you like you said, you've got that audio engineering background. Are you recording mm. at high quality thinking, all right, this might end up somewhere down the um, track? No. Uh <laughs> Like whenever I set up to record, it's what you would do in a studio. Like I just do that all the time. Yep, so yep. that's that's my default. I actually rarely ever record a demo. So I think that was a different thing. Okay, I was some of these okay. songs I was just so excited to hear what they could possibly be that I just started doing that. Yeah, cool. Which is uh yeah, which is a little different for me anyway. Yeah, nice. You mentioned aging. That's um got some vocals on there. Got some of your vocals, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I went a bit crazy with that. That's so, cool. Yeah, I got to the end of, the, and this is going back to the whole nostalgia thing. Yeah. Um, that particular thing was super influenced by Ben Folds Five. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like what's the album called? Whatever and Ever, Amen. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's actually the that lyric is in the song. It influenced. I'm trying. What's the song called? I can't think of this track name now, but it's got, they do all the, they were a huge influence on me, that band, because I was so interested in the space the piano took up in the mix. Okay. Yep. Like, like the bass, you know, there's bass drums and piano. And I love the, I think that's always been a really big influence on um, how my guitar playing could yeah. fit in okay. a band yep. context. Yep. Which totally makes sense because you can you can approach it very polyphonically, like a yeah yeah. So that was always like I was always interested in how and like how the piano was clean all the uh-huh. time. Like it wasn't overdriven, obviously. Yeah, the and bass, the bass was would on. be overdriven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, and yeah, but then they had these cool, slightly out of tune, bad harmony things, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I love them. Like. Yeah. I've, I yeah. found myself always singing along to and singing the harmony lines. So, cool. yeah, when I got to the end of this song, I wanted that sort of vibe. So, um, but when I did it, uh, actually, it was really bad because I, I kind of did this quick demo of it and then I think I got COVID. Okay. Like I had this idea, I quickly did it, and then I got COVID and I couldn't sing and I – Aging came out in an earlier, slightly earlier version last year, pre a US tour, just to, um, you know, for uh, some tour promotion. Yeah. And I, I kind of rushed it out for that. So those vocals, I couldn't quite sing properly. So um, 
I always intended to redo them, but I just got a little bit fancier with my auto tuning. Nice. <laughs> and reverb. And um, I was going to redo them for the album, and I just finessed the mix and the uh, the tuning of it rather than put myself through the pain of singing multiple harmonies sure. again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Which is good. Hey, yeah. I've got to fly. has got some great vocals from Holly, Holly Clayton. Yeah. Who is, is this Holly your wife? Yeah. Yeah, cool. exactly. I knew she yeah. sang. I never knew her, uh, her full name. There you go. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. That was, I always had that, that was that same thing where, um, I, I don't write lyrics, but occasionally the titles of songs do come up in little bits. And so I was always singing that little vibe, but that was one that I really felt needed to sound better. So okay, definitely so Holly came in and the... did her magic on that track. <laughs> ah, it's so good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so hooky and poppy in a way uh, already. And then the vocal comes in with the hook. It's like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, you know, like that song is uh, – very sort of uh, John Mayer influenced and uh-huh, like uh-huh. sort of the neo soul double stops yeah, and just that yeah, that sort those. of vibe unashamedly. So um, yeah, it was fun to sort of do it that way. That's cool. What guitar are you playing on that? I've seen you this do is, it on the Hoover. Um, yeah, I think live. Here's the thing: I recorded so much of this stuff so many times that I'm usually really good with remembering. I'm pretty sure the take I used is actually on my telly. Okay. My yep. white inline telly. Your parts caster. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So the, um, yeah, thin line telly with a solid rosewood neck. Fantastic. Um, and a mini humbucker in it. So it's it's kind of just a super fat fender sound. It's awesome. It's a cool and guitar. Now, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that one of Last our other time. interviews. But yeah. could, for, the, for anyone's tuning in now, before they go backwards, can you yeah, tell yeah. us about that guitar? Yeah, it was a parts caster I built over 10 years ago now. I can't really believe that. Yeah. Um, it's like an MJT Swamp Ash thin line body. It's a the big thing and that got me into it was this solid rosewood neck I got from Warmoth. So it's one piece, super funky. And um, then I've got the – especially the neck pickup I think is the cool thing in it uh-huh. and it's this Seymour Duncan – SM1 mini humbucker. So it's like a firebird humbucking pickup. And um, because of me being dodgy, it's uh, super glued into the guitar <laughs> on and suspended on little Indian rosewood spaces up from the body. So, nice. you know, that that's the deep tone secret on the, that guitar. The little wooden spacer, the rosewood. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and the cool thing about it actually is, because um, now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, my my Nick Hoover was getting refretted at the time I was trying to get that song finished. Okay. I was trying to put it off and I just couldn't do it any longer. So, but when I built that telly, I just had a run of really bad fret issues with guitars, mm-hmm. like everything had worn out and everything was having issues. So I got that telly with stainless steel frets and it's still like barely has a mark in it after 11 years of That's constant so playing. That's so, great. And because I never heard it with any other frets, I don't really know yeah. if it sounds any different. So I don't care. It yeah. Sounds good. Perfect. Yeah. Love that guitar. I love seeing him you play that thing. And I'm glad the pickup's yeah. still there. That's cool. Yeah. Still, yeah. It's still, still there. It still works. I've got a I've got a spare pickup in my drawer just in case it ever fails. <laughs> 
Man, I reckon you could start some fights on some of the gear forums, though, like arguing about the Rosewood uh, little spacer versus, you know, like a maple one or a totally a baked yeah. Maple. I would, I would love to troll that, but I would get really, I would go too far. You'd probably I get cancelled. I don't know, but definitely get cancelled. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cock. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. Let's talk about, seemed like a good idea. This, to me, when I heard that, I'm like, wow, this is orchestral Adam Miller in terms of, you know, <laughs> lots of cool parts. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was one of the, the funnest ones to come together. Yeah. And it was the last song. I'm pretty sure it was the last song we recorded in that session. And I had this very loose idea of what it could be. Uh, and that's why the title is what it is. It seemed like a good idea, but maybe it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Um, so this was one I really did direct, uh-huh. um, for the guys. And I, I sent them the rough melody groove, like the melody was always the melody. So they had that to play along to. Okay. And then I kind of just played this solo. I don't know. I think I had like 24 or 36 bars of just me just playing solos for them to sort of jam along to. Uh-huh. Um, but then I actually just decided that I would, I got a piece of paper and wrote new key, uh, keys on it for Joel. And then through the session, I just hold them up to the screen, okay. <laughs> to the camera and go, uh, cause the song's in E flat minor. Uh-huh. And then I'd say play in B minor, okay. play in D minor, play in <laughs> this. And so he was just changing and doing bars of whatever. And it's, and this was one of the things like it sounded so out because yeah. I'm doing this solo in the key that's not there. And I think it was pretty inspiring for him because it was so strange for them to okay, listen okay. to that. It was like funny. It was yeah, cool. Yeah. So I got, you know, I, I probably had two eight minute takes of audio from them. And then I went to town on it and cut it into what it currently is. Okay. Um, and I, you know, took sec. In the end, like the final song only has one key change. It just goes to B-ish. It's not minor. It's not major. It's somewhere in between. That's the best um, key, B-ish. Y- yeah. <laughs> for for a second. And so, um, yeah. And like little thing, like one of my favorite um and this is sort of a, a construction thing. It was probably like I got really into, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, like the Blake Mills and Pino Palladino album. Oh, I love that album. Yes. Yeah. I can't so remember the name. It, um, it notes with attachments. That's it. That's it. That yeah. album rules. Yes. So there's so there's that album and there's an album by Bill Frizzell and the drummer Matt Chamberlain. Okay. Um, and – it's it's not under their name. They're, it's under a band name called Floritone. Okay. And there's Floritone 1 and there's Floritone 2. Man, I'm writing this down. Yeah. And these are, I'm now, I, I'm sure 
we've my Bill Frizzell is my favorite musician pretty much ever at this point. And then Matt Chamberlain, I know as a drummer, I mainly know because he was a drummer on that Fiona Apple album I talked about earlier. Um, so they did this album together. This was a, quite a while ago, the first one now, um, maybe like 12 years longer. Anyway, but what they did was they got in the studio and just jammed together drums and guitar Yeah, cool. for a day. And then the other two guys credited in the band of the engineer and the producer and they basically spent six months cutting those jams okay. into songs. That's great. And then Bill and Matt would come back in and add things to it later. And How then fun. they got a bass player to play on it and made this whole thing work. And I always wanted to do that, but I was always too lazy. Okay. I was just like, oh, no, we'll just track it live. So this was finally the opportunity to try and create something um, like that. And, like, um, there's a lot – there's a – there's a pause in the center of the song and then there's this line that comes back in and that wasn't written. It was just something Joel on bass played at some point in the jam mm -hmm. and I just cut it out, cut it out and then put five guitar harmonies on it. Perfect. And it was, and it just made this whole transition work beautifully. And uh, yeah, I sort of, um, then like there's a lot of strange noises on it. Yeah, which, what, what are some of those textures? <laughs> which is the uh, like the the Chase Bliss mood, which has been okay. like a live mainstay for me for a while. Yeah, because it's just it's small and it it does random things quickly. Uh huh. So a lot of the stuff it's doing, I can reproduce live anytime. And those effects were recorded with the main guitar track. Actually, they're just in there. There's no after of it. It's just like triggering this arpeggiated sort of loop yeah. from what I'm playing. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that that was that sort of started the foundation of it being a bit strange, and then I just started putting like acoustic guitars on it in the background, doing weird rhythmic things yeah. that you wouldn't normally think an acoustic guitar does, but the the tonality of it was perfect and. Um. I'm going to say it was probably the influence of that Blake record where the first sort of solo in it, I recorded nylon string, okay. a classical guitar. And I think I've just always wanted to do that. And it was just that vibe. So, yeah. Awesome, man. And th then it got to fuzz tones, that's, which was fun that, too. That's my next point. My notes yeah. say fuzz exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you doing and, there? Well, uh, that was this tone. So there's, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I used my telly in the end on uh -huh. that, on, on this, that solo. Um, most of the, most of that track is actually my Collings archtop. Okay. Um, uh, which just has, it's just a killer guitar. So I just play it all the time and it's on a lot of this album, but the, so the fuzz is a, is, so it's the Vemaram, What's it called? I'm looking at it now. The Myriad Fuzz, okay. the Josh Smith pedal. Yeah, cool. Which is cool. the nastiest, most uncontrollable fuzz I've ever used. <laughs> like it's it's so loud. Like the the volume is the verge of off and it's like destroying everything. <laughs> like if you're at a, at a gig and you accidentally knock it, yeah, then yeah. it will destroy the whole suburb you're playing in. <laughs> 
Um, so it was that. And then I used the mood again to create a sub octave. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's was sort of inspired by this tone from a scary pockets recording actually. Okay. Um, with Madison Cunningham and, um, it's a wing song. I can't remember what the song off the top of my head now. Anyway, yeah, there's and they use this like sub octave buzz okay, tone for cool. one of the riffs, and I've I've kind of got super into it because it has this synthy quality, and um, sometimes when I'm playing for other artists, the last couple of years, I I like to pull that sound out every now and again okay. for, to freak people out. It's super yeah, cool, fun. Cool. So <laughs> I needed to put it on an album so that now I can use it in my stuff more. Excellent. It's cool. Yeah. I'll stoke to hear that. There's a bit more fuzz on old friend in that long kind of outro solo. Is that the same? Yeah. It is the same fuzz. It's, um seems a little that, less a little dangerous. less intense. Yeah. 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 That that's the cool thing with that fuzz. It's got like a blend between germanium and silicon. Okay. And then you can control the bias so you can work where it, you know, dissolves into nastiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um yeah, that solo, um, if we, yeah, old friends sort of had this somewhere between Neil Young and Hendrix influence. Um, there's one bit that's obviously very Hendrix influenced. Um, and yeah, so I kind of wanted that sort of fuzz, vintage fuzz tone for that particular solo. Yeah. Cool. Love that. Yeah. That's mm. really thick, creamy kind of a thing yeah it's great hearing mm. all these different different sounds man it's great um yeah settling um to me it took me back to some acid jazz kind of vibes yeah i'm not sure I, what you're I, hearing there i think it was just an easy song to record and with those guys um we kind of played that stuff it's a similar feel to some of my other songs and um it's probably one of the most sort of improvisationally <laughs> Like traditional Adam Miller songs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the the Collings. What is it? The East Side LC. It's sort of like a ES one seven five guitar. Oh, okay, yeah. So I played that on that track, and it's a little dirty. And then I created these weird synth textures for each bridge, like, um, and. I think to create that, I thought I could do it sort of like with one part, but it ends up being like. I don't know. I think it's like 12 different guitar parts okay. through like the mood and the Strymon timeline doing random delay things and the, oh, I don't even know how to say that company. What is it? The Immersed. Nornaba? How do we say that? Do you know? Do you know what? I've never tried to pronounce it. I've read it, but I've never tried to yeah, say it. Yeah, I know. I'm just reading it now. I've never... Yeah, it's like it's a, it looks like it's a German word, but it, I don't know. Anyway, the new now. Do you know? I reckon I can't say. It. I reckon ninety five percent of the podcast listeners have read don't. that as well and have never tried to say it out loud. Try it at home, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> comment below. Uh, yeah, so the immerse. I just had that, so yeah, it did cool. like sort of those shimmer reverbs and yeah, kind of just created this whole. Uh, sort of synth pad thing, but um, wanted it to be on guitar still. So yeah. I just spent forever making these textures. Yeah. That's cool. Your live pedal boards, they've always been quite um, 
economical and very Indeed. cool, very beautiful. Mm. Two or three killer pedals. Are you? What's happening now? Are you, are you launching the multiple pedal <laughs> trains? Where are you gonna? Well, are you gonna do this yeah, live? this is this is actually yeah. So I'm about to go on tour playing. You know, predominantly this stuff. Yeah, and I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I can kind of pull most of it off with my normal little pedal board yeah, of like yeah. the Flint, Strymon Flint, the Mood, and a couple of overdrives. Okay, yeah. Um, I can kind of create most of the sounds, but there's a couple of things I can't quite. So I think the first gig, like the timeline might have to come back out again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for its looping capacity, yeah. um, just to be able to start and stop loops. Because with the Mood... As soon as you stop it, you lose whatever you were looping. It's okay. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe something like that. And then I'm probably going to have to have some sort of dedicated fuzz finally. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Hey, you're on mm. – this record's on Charlie Hunter's label. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that was super exciting. So that, that sort of just happened at the end. Um, I was in the States. I managed to get one – touring in august like that was my first trip back okay okay wow so august 2022 um after uh all the lockdowns and um yeah i spent a couple of days hanging out with charlie and just started talking about some things and um we were actually talking about the something else originally and then i asked if they'd be interested in doing this album as well because it'd just be cool to get it to a different Hopefully a new audience again. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, to be on Charlie Hunter's record label is just insane to me. I have to sort of remember about it and think about it and yeah. go, yeah, wow, like um, to have, yeah, be on your hero's record label is insane. So yeah. um, his small team have been super supportive and amazing in, um, yeah, trying to get this out a little bit more to the world. Fantastic. Mm. And is that Sidewinder? Is that the name of the label? Side Hustle. Side Hustle. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it's cool. it's basically like Charlie's projects and things that he's been producing. He moved okay. to like um, North Carolina a couple of years ago and just started working in studios and producing a lot of artists. And oh, cool. Nurturing things up as well. So it's a really cool, it's, it is a great little family of artists. And the idea is to build the label. So the label has a bit of a reputation of what it is like, kind of like old school, you know, label curation. So, um, yeah, it's a just crazy honor to be a part of it at the moment. Yeah. On you, man. Congratulations. Mm. That is so cool. Yeah. Thanks. What and what happens now? So the album launch is well, it's released April twenty eighth. It's released April twenty eighth, which is probably out now for the podcast, is it? Yeah, I'm going for April twenty nine release for this. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. So the album's out now. We'll Great, <laughs> available in all good record shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all, all your all your favorite, yeah, online um, music uh, destruction places, uh, and. Yeah, I it, there's a bit of touring through Australia yeah, over right. through May. So um, where am I? Just at this stage, there's still dates coming in, but it's like Newcastle, Melbourne, Brisbane, Canberra, yeah, and um, you know more dates to follow. Astra- as uh, I don't know how, how much of your listenership is Australian or global. I think it's equal, isn't it? 
It's a, it's a little bit more North American than yeah, Australian right, these again. days. So the thing about Australia for those people is that our major cities are so far apart. Yeah. That when you kind of do four or five shows and you're done and you've yeah. traveled a lot. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, I'll do definitely do like sort of more than through Sydney in, in the coming yeah, months cool. and things too. Uh, and then hopefully back to um, North America in August is sort of the current plan. And then really hoping to get back to Europe and Japan because I haven't been there for quite a few years now. So that's sort of the uh, the rough plan for the rest of the year. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's so mm. good. Um, yeah, things have opened up and you can get back over. Again, um, I'll put the links to the, our previous interviews in the show notes. People should yeah. check this out if they haven't heard those cool. ones. Exactly. Um, but you were hustling super hard and – uh, in the yep. States especially. I know you had a lot of contacts and um, getting yeah, yourself and, over there. And it was amazing. great, man. It's a like the the great thing about States is it's just the the amount of people, you know, uh-huh. that just the 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 like I can travel an hour in any direction and I'm in a city as big as the city I live in in Australia. Yeah, amazing. Um, uh, so um it just just having that access is awesome and so uh you know, it's it's a little bit of a legal jump through with visas and things, which yeah. people may not understand, especially Americans. The ordeal it is for international artists to be legally able to play there. Yes. Um. So I'm just sorting that out again at the moment because sure. it mine kind of expired through the last couple of years. So, but yeah, super excited to be back there. Soon. Fantastic. That's mm. great, man. I'm super happy. Mm. For you. What, where's the best place for people to uh, look up your stuff and, and keep up to date? Uh, the website is adammiller.com.au. You've got to add that at the end because .com still redirects to whitehouse.gov for some reason. Okay. I can't. Adam <laughs> can't Miller goes to, to White House? Adammiller.com. Yeah. Last time I checked, still goes to redirects. I don't know why. I've tried to buy it. I can't get answers. Anyway, so it's .com.au. .au. Everything's from there. Um Adam Miller Guitar on Instagram, Adam Miller Music on Facebook, and uh, yeah, and then everywhere else you search, just make sure there's a photo that looks like me coming up, usually with my Nick Hooper guitar. That's it. So, yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty good deal for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it it pretty easy. Cool. Mm. Awesome. I'll put all, again, all those links will be in the show notes, but yeah, it's... uh... yeah pretty easy to, to find adam but thank you so much for speaking to me again for coming oh, back man. um thanks for your time again love uh, it that's good great chat. man always good catching mm. up and um, i love the record i'm super excited about it so well yeah done. i'm really excited for people to hear it yeah thanks man all right there you go adam miller back on the show can i say one more time how much i like this record it's fantastic please check it out beyond reason streaming downloadable purchasable available on vinyl and all that good stuff do yourself a favor as molly used to say hey also check out floritone that that recommendation with bill frizzell and matt chamberlain that adam was talking about what a cool couple of records highly recommended as well all right just about time to wrap up thank you so much for tuning in it's still incredibly humbling and encouraging that after seven years of the show there's there's more people than ever tuning in literally in every continent 
except for Antarctica. That's a that's a tricky market. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. I appreciate it so much. Hey, my thanks to Fretboard Biology, sponsors of the show for a couple of years now. Thanks to Joe and Todd and all the team there. Check out the links in the show notes. And finally, when all else fails, please remember the wise words of Michael Schenker, who told us... Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Keep on rocking, indeed. All right, see you next time.